so this is the very first episode of Growing My Fellow Ladies, uh, a production of the Cheap Home Growth Podcast. Um, I'm Brennan Russ. Uh, I'm going to help kick this off. Um, you can find my Instagram at russ.brandon, and you can find links to both my company, both off the Earthquake, and uh, the company that I work for in my bio. Um, I'm just going to go down the line. Um, I'll start off with Allie Gross things. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, so my name is Allie. Um, I've been in the cannabis industry for about eight years. I started out in Washington in the medical industry, went through the whole switch to recreational, and now I'm in Arizona helping in the medical industry over at a company called Pitchfork. All right, next we have the Dank Dahlia on Instagram. Hey guys, um, my name is Rachel. I've only been in the industry for about three years, but I um, work in the largest grow on the Western Slope here in Durango. Um, I got into it. I actually just went into my first dispensary. I've always been intrigued by the plant and I just wanted to grow weed. So a week later I had my badge and my Instagram is the Dank Dahlia. Uh, next, we have Divine Independence on Instagram. Hi, um, I'm Rain. My yeah, my handle is at Divine underscore Independence on Instagram. I actually got into this industry three years ago. I was a property manager before that, and plant-based medicine caught my attention, and cannabis was my obsession after that. And I wanted to help people learn more about the plants. So I am a cannabis writer for Herbage Magazine, and I am a home grower. That's great. We love the we love home growers. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the uh, the name of, of the show. <laughs> uh, next, we have uh, Summer Rose Ray of Smoke on Instagram. Hi, I'm Summer. Um, I work with Brandon at uh, Majestic Craft Cannabis. Um, it's my first year in the industry. My first year having any one-on-one -on -one experience with the plant, um, but I've been a plant medicine advocate for a very long time and um, started on YouTube and opportunity just kind of grew from there. I was doing dispensary reviews on YouTube. So things just came my way that way. All right, next we have Adriana. Hello, hi everybody. Um, I have been a, a cannabis medical patient for about 12 years. Um, I got into this industry here in California about two years ago, so uh, fairly new to that side. Um, and I also am an advocate. I'm um, uh, on the uh, sub educational subcommittee for Americans for Safe Access, and I currently am a broker. I sell um, genetics, and then I also help farmers grow their flowers. Uh, next, we have Lady Greenstock. Hello. So I would say I would be, I've been in the industry probably on and off for about eight years. Um, I started off as a trimmer and got into the dispensary work. Um, about three years ago, I moved to Southern California with my now husband, who um, is a home grower, and I assist him. Um, and he sits on the boys panel I guess now you could call it um or the chief home grow podcast as well 
All right. Uh, so that's uh, those are the introductions. Um, if you guys just want to pick it up and talk about, you know, how you got in, it's it's kind of open. So, you know, you guys are are free to kind of talk about your experiences, and, you know, kind of give us an inside look uh, at um, cannabis, the industry uh, from from your perspectives. One thing that I think is really interesting is how this is a lot of times treated as a male-dominated industry, but a lot of the women that I have seen on the cultivation side of things are just incredible and strong and badass women who are every bit as capable of pulling their own weight right alongside all the men, if not more so. And um one thing that I try really hard to encourage is for women to not be intimidated by the fact that it's so male dominated and to get themselves educated and get themselves back there because we're actually really pretty amazing at this. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think women have um, a lot of attention um, that they've applied to anything that they put their mind to. Um, and so it's awesome to see more women get out there and spot those different things and I think it's kind of silly how it's so male dominated because all the women I've ever talked to and met are so knowledgeable and just as passionate in every single way. Seems almost instinctual as a female to understand how a plant grows too. So mm -hmm. just because we kind of are carriers you know and things natural growers so I think that um just all naturally nurturing so yeah nurturing nature does come natural <laughs> <laughs> try Plants. saying that five times fast <laughs> make the t-shirt i think that women too in this cannabis industry tend to really represent the compassionate side of it you know there's so many different facets of of this plant and the business um, but I have always noticed that um, no matter what part of the business, uh, the girls always bond, the women always will always bring, bring some, you know, the people that have brought me in under their wing in this industry have been, have been the women. Um, so it, it, there is a more caring, they, they definitely show a more caring side. Um, I've noticed the women also tend to really advocate for medicine uh, versus the business side, the recreational side. Um, even whether it's at a at a at a store or uh, or just helping a friend or a, or, a, 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 or family, I think women can really connect with the medicinal part of this plant um, in a different way. When I think because we aren't focused on the limelight, we're more focused on the plant and how it can help and how we can nurture the plant and you know help the community. That that's why it doesn't seem like so many women are a part of the industry because we aren't focused on that aspect of being in the forefront. We're more focused on the actual plant, I think. I think it's nice in the recent times. Like I know like when I was younger, like let's just say like 16, when I was just like getting involved in cannabis, um, when you thought women in cannabis, it was like so overtly sexualized, like, it was just like guys in videos or just like the models around the, the plants and the grow houses. And it was so just sexualized and you just like thought that that was normal. And so it's just nice to like, um, 
in the recent years be able to see like normal women like in their backyards and like with like children and stuff you know it's like really really cool yeah in coveralls and covered in dirt and sweat and whatnot (laughs) right I think we I think we help destigmatize it too you know like when you can see you know women that are moms or women that are grandmothers or aunts and I think we've definitely we I think we help destigmatize uh, you know cannabis or you know marijuana as as they coined it back in the day um, as a negative stigma but yeah I think we we help with that like it's an a positive every- like outlook for it. it just it just looks like a normal everyday part of life just like I think gardening has become like a big p- part and like staple of like elementary schools and stuff especially out here in Southern California I just think it's important for people to see just how normal it is and how it's just not like the select few can grow it I think everyone should be able to grow it and be comfortable and have that access to the information if they want to and um, and if it's a mom and she's just getting into it like I hope someone's out there listening and she can like reach out to other women if she's afraid to reach out to a man for whatever reason you know mm-hmm. that brings up something that I'm curious about talking about is the topic of gatekeeping because mm-hmm. like I feel like there are certain times whenever there's like gatekeeping from men in the community yes it's an egotistical habit that should be like frowned upon highly I just I don't understand why people want to hide their information from other people just share it with someone because it could save their life or give them a new passion whatever it is like who are you to not give out some help like that's silly Well, sometimes it almost feels like a grudge too. Like, well, I spent all this time doing this, so you need to spend your time figuring it out. And I think somebody actually asking the questions is a huge step. They're trying to learn it. Nobody's asking me to do it for them. And it's just, it's like a grudge being held almost. Yeah, it's kind of silly in my opinion. I'm always one to, if you send me a message, if I don't know, I'm going to ask someone who knows and I'll get back to you. For sure. Yeah. I think historically it's been a very competitive market because it was black market for so long and you know the the little advantages that you have are the difference between you putting food on your table for your family or someone else putting food on their table for their family. So I feel like that's kind of where that mentality originates. But I think that now it is very deeply rooted in this egotistical mentality of, oh, well, I have my methods and my methods are better than yours. Mm -hmm. But I think, and I mean, this might just be my own experience, but I think we're coming to a point. Uh Uh-oh. We have a last one. I was thinking she'd come right back. (laughs) Awesome no man left behind answer questions there we go the huge people to me in this industry that are doing really big things so we missed like half of that because you froze did you really oh my god that sucks (laughs) (laughs) that was so good too (laughs) damn it (laughs) uh i was just saying that egotism is on its way out and the people who actually are respected in this industry are the people who are willing to help and willing to share absolutely Mm -hmm. Sure.
Yeah. I think people are starting to slowly realize that there's a piece of the pie for everybody and that this is about medicine for the people and not about business. Like it, it shouldn't be just about business. So yeah. I think there'll be more, tr more trust too. I think the trust part, the part factor of it has always been, I think one of the negatives is that, you know, some dudes will only trust each other, even if that, even if the person that that's their bro knows what they're doing or not you know that's one of the things I have I have come across is that you know uh, you know I, so, somebody won't listen to my opinion they'll listen to one of their friends opinions even though that person doesn't know what they're talking about mm -hmm. so I, I, I feel like that still kind of that Canabro system still exists but I think that we are working towards just I mean all, all of us want the same thing ultimately but it's, it's a trust thing it's just it's like, you know, I think it's because it was black market, now, you know, gray traditional market, and that transition has a lot of nuances that created a lot of mistrust. I mean, it's honestly like their loss, in my opinion, if they choose to participate in that can of bro, like kind of an attitude, you know, like they're just limiting their own like knowledge and like, you know, just closed minded opinions, just it's not going to get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. right right um but i think on the positive i mean I, I think having uh you know social media and how are you how's everybody holding up with this COVID 19 like what's going on with you guys as far as you know you know are you guys getting out i know we have several of us from all over the country so what do you how are you how is that impacting that your communities um, being in Southern California, like you are, Adriana, I'm glad the beaches are back open. Yeah. Um, but I wish people would definitely practice more of the social distancing aspect. But um, it's not been the worst, but it's, you know, I'm just day by day taking one as it rolls. It helps having big plants as um, kind of that distraction and something to like look forward to every day to like see their progress. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it takes your mind off of it. Right, right. <laughs> it's kind of nice because um, it's just us 10 and we're all like clean and safe and we're good. And we know that nothing's going in and out of that facility that we have to worry about. So we don't really have that many variables to cause us to be concerned. It's nice. Nice. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm in a very similar situation with Brandon. We're just, you know, it's a small crew and Luckily, I've, I'm so grateful to be working in a garden right now where I'm still, I have income and I'm doing something that I love. So it's, a, honestly, I feel very grateful to be in this industry right now during this whole thing. Because mm -hmm. not only is there a sense of security with that, but the plants give me so much, um, it's meditative going to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Calming. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. With my home grow, it's just me and my partner. So if anybody else was in the grow, it'd be kind of alarming. <laughs> Hasn't changed on that front. <laughs> yeah. Same yeah. with me and Jack. We have our home grow and, you know, we love like when our friends come over, sharing it with them. Cause I think it also gives them a sense of hope too. And yeah. they like hearing about it and spreading the little knowledge. And I do think that we'll convert some of them someday to home growers. Mm-hmm.
Up in Colorado, it's just the same. I live in a small town, so I mean, everybody's pretty much keeping their distance. We have a small crew, and we just, six feet away, it's kind of hard because uh, there's only about four of us in the flower room at a time, but other than that, we pretty much just wear masks if we have to be close together, so nothing's really changed here. Mm-hmm. Has anyone had any friends or family that they're not directly in contact with test positive at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, one of our friends. Um, they um, their their father passed away. Their their parents live kind of in a granny flat behind their home, mm-hmm. and um, the mom caught it. She had been going. She she went skiing with a bunch of girls uh, on a girls trip. There was twelve of them, and ten out of twelve tested positive for it, and oh. then they infected everybody in their ha- home, and their father um, passed. Wow, my condolences. That's terrible. Um, but I have I have another friend that also tested positive, but he survived. I mean, he's you know younger. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, how about how about everybody else? How about you girls? I've had a couple of friends, and they have all survived. So that's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know a single person. I just keep telling my husband, if I get the coronavirus, just give me a lot of weed, <laughs> please. <laughs> and during the 14 days, <laughs> I need as much weed as possible. I won't yeah. smoke it. Luckily, quarantine wouldn't be too it. terrible here. Yeah. <laughs> I just inject it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mainline me, please. <laughs> yes. Oh. How about mentally? I mean, as I mean, I feel like I, I'm I'm a I'm a patient of of cannabis because of my anxiety and I have depression too. And I mean, talk about like the worst time for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I find that I I'm connected much more to the plant now. I mean, than ever really just being mm-hmm. at we home with everybody. That definitely resonates for sure. For me too, I've been smoking probably two or three times more than I normally do. And it's taken me on a lot of deep meditations. And so I definitely feel super connected to cannabis right now too, just because of having to spend more time alone with it. Yeah. I'm so thankful yeah. it's so accessible. Like if this was happening 10 years ago, oh my gosh, like. I think it would have been way worse off for a whole lot more people not being able to have access to their medication and whatever form they take it in. Um, It would have been terrible. So now I'm thankful, you know, for the states that have it, um, we're able to have it delivered and nothing like that was affected for us, thankfully, because it was a necessity for sure. Um, I know like we have kind of a little ring of like at-home growers that we all kind of support each other with our harvests and stuff Um, and we're a big share so we don't really have to use the services as much Um, but it's even that it's so thankful to be part of a growers community for sure yeah yeah it's still a little new here in Oklahoma so I'm not in like a 
populated part so we're still like it's still a growing community and so it's kind of a little lonely for like in-person home growers so um being being able to connect online with growers and talking to other home growers that way is is very essential um and so covid kind of helped that because more home growers are online now talking about it but i mean there's a lot of negatives but that was a positive so see a lot of home growers in Oklahoma like yeah. on Instagram and I just feel like that community is just so like it's on the up and up right now mm-hmm. oh yeah there are a lot of us it's definitely the wild west of weed down here right now <laughs> I think that's pretty cool not gonna lie country on every corner it's insane yeah there yeah there's a lot of early blazing trails I think they said there's more dispensaries here than there's like McDonald's and Starbucks combined. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's going to be like Oregon. Colorado. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, no. Don't say that. <laughs> I mean, we'll better see. that than we'll nothing. See. We'll see. Starting <laughs> to even out. I mean, you've got, you've got, you know, people that haven't made it already or people that didn't take it seriously or only in it for money or other things so it's starting to come clear now I mean and we're still very new like sec third year third year um yeah so it's we're baby babies but we're learning and it's fun it's a fun ride right now it's definitely is it expensive out there uh uh yeah no I don't I don't know Summer what do you think yes (laughs) it's expensive for the quality you're getting Yes. If I'm being honest. Okay. I mean, I, that's in my opinion, quality trumps everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and that's just... something that hasn't been learned here yet. We're getting there though. The, the, the amount of progress that we've made in just the two years. And like you said, this is our third year. It's mind blowing to me whenever we're comparing our, ourselves to other states like California and Colorado you know, the, the distance that we've come in two years in Oklahoma is crazy. And like you said, it is the wild west because we're still figuring it out. And that's, I mean, nobody, nobody figured this would pass. Like the people pushing for it did, but everybody else was taken by complete surprise. So like everything was just, everything has changed in such a, because the, what actually passed with SQ 788 was just so open that they've changed it and you guys know how that is in California and other places I mean it changes and changes oh, yeah. but we fight them to the nail I mean we've tried like there's been lawsuits against the state of Oklahoma and they've had to stop things like we're we're fighting for the rights of the patients and the plants so I think I think we're going the right direction it's insane to me how completely disconnected the state and the people creating this legislation are from the actual needs of the patients the dispensaries and the gardens it's everywhere insane. It's crazy. I think they would get some advice from somebody who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> no, because they know what they're talking about, don't you know? <laughs> any any of you ladies hopeful that any of the uh, presidential nominees are going to actually put cannabis uh, legalization um, as a part of their, you know, some, some you know, what is it? Their uh, what their what you know, part of their agenda. One could hope. <laughs> It'd be smart, but I don't think so. <laughs> I know. 
what do we all think that the world would look like if cannabis was completely legal everywhere? I mean, everybody's setting it up. I feel like I feel I feel like when you see this much money that are that are that is thrown into it, you know, whether it's in Canada or out here, you know, like you you girls are saying in in, in Oklahoma, it's expensive. I mean, legal weed being you know in the country is expensive. You know, it seems like unless maybe I don't know I don't know about Oregon. Everybody talks about like Oregon <laughs> is this, like it's the land of cheap weed, but. Um, I feel like everybody's everybody's putting this much money into it because I feel like they see that that's the way it's going to move forward. Uh, it's just a matter of when. When is it going to be? You know, a year? Is it going to be two years? Is it ten years? Hopefully, it's not that. Mexico is already uh, in the process of legalizing it, so that'll really put pressure if Canada, and Mexico are both. I definitely think whoever, whichever side gains office whichever which way it ever goes um i do think that probably next presidents whichever whoever it is in the next four years i do think that it will become nationally legal that's good i just think that it would be silly not to i think in the next four years we don't really know how life is going to go but i do think that people want in on the money um businesses pay a lot to get themselves started and set up. I know that in California, it's a pretty little penny. So it would just be silly not for the nation to jump on that. And I do just see it kind of flowing naturally, as odd as that sounds. Like, I just don't think it'll be a huge fight. I was hoping after they did hemp that they would just legalize it right away. But unfortunately, they didn't. Yeah, hemp was like a little stepping stone. So I do see it just falling naturally into the world for the United States at some point in the next four years. Mm -hmm. That's quick. At least in my little mind. Look, uh, medical, medical cannabis in the state of California has now been legal for 26 years, actually 24 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is so crazy to think of compared to where we're like, you know, like, it's just a crazy thing. Like to think of us 23 years from now, like I just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But we just have to keep at it. And, you know, we have, there's been a lot of people that have gotten us here, you know, people that have been advocating like normal since, you know, the seventies, early seventies. I mean, that's crazy. You know, that, you know, people have spent, you know, over 40 years. I mean, unbelievable. It's like 40 years, 100 years, and we're still here. Hopefully this will, maybe this whole COVID-19 will help change uh, the behavior of uh, using traditional medicine and open people's minds into plant medicine. Well, and a lot of that is like to think of the people that actually lived through those times. So like the older generation that's getting to like never thought they would see this in their lifetime. It's being able to educate them or talk to them in a way that's different than what they've been trained to think their entire lives. And that's a that's a big part of shedding light on this amazing plan, I think. Do you feel like sometimes talking to the older generation, though, is such a 50-50 toss up I have? a lot of family and family friends or my own personal friends who are just of that generation. And it's surprising to me to hear their conversations. Um, 
I mean, for instance, my own grandmother, she's never taken a sip of alcohol in her life, but she gets down on the herb and it's Mm -hmm. awesome. I love it. And she is so positive towards it, you know, and she's in her seventies. So I think it's really awesome um, that there are those people of that generation that do feel such in a strong way that it should just be legal. She thinks there's no issue. She's like, if I had a say in it, alcohol would be illegal. Yeah. Usually the older generation listens better to the older generation. So when their friend starts using it, they'll tell their friend. So hopefully. Yeah. But I get, I get what you're saying about the 50, 50, because sometimes it goes the opposite and they won't talk to you about it because their friends are so closed off. Yeah. It's like kind of scary almost, but I think also if there are people who are willing to accept their closed-mindedness, I know that Jack and I have gotten into really awesome conversations with people who are hundred percent against it. And I love hearing their opinions and, you know, sharing just my opinions and how it's helped us or whatever. Um, and sometimes those people are willing to meet you halfway at the table and not think of it as such a negative thing. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a respect, you know, how you approach them about it. You know, everybody can think how they want to. And I think that if you respect their opinion and, you know, just let them know like all the positives in your life, like they can't help but be happy for someone who's had something positive that would make them look like a bad person. So if that comes, happens to come from cannabis or something cannabis related or anything, um, and they can see some good in it, I think that's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I actually really wanted to ask you guys, um, are any of you guys trying anything new or learning any new techniques that you're really excited about? I just started my worm garden or my worm farm so that I could do oh, no so, cool. so <laughs> I've been super, I'm super excited about it and I've never been so excited about worms in my life, but <laughs> I feed them. them. Like what goes into that? Um, I feed them. Okay. So I, I built, it's like a stand, like a wooden stand. And then you have, they go in a bag, like a black bag, canvas bag. And then I've got soil in there and then I feed them. They get, they get newspaper, a little bit of newspaper. They have, um, egg shells and then coffee grounds. Awesome. That's like a, a lot of nitrogen and calcium, right? Yes. So cool. Body building them up to start building me some soil so I can go. Yeah, that's really cool. I love soil building and I love just building things in general. So that sounds like a really fun project. When I get to my new house, I want to actually make like a compost thing with a worm garden and all that stuff. Nice. Yes. What about the rest of you guys? And I just started reading with microbials. So I was just looking into life of soil and stuff. So that's really. I'm living in a house right now where I can't grow, but I'm just doing research for when I can. So that's important. Have you read Jeff Lowenfield's books? I just downloaded it for sure. That was the one I did. Those are really good. They're super heavy on the scientific terminology, but once you start kind of getting the hang of it, they're so interesting. Nice. Mm. And you not tried anything necessarily new in growing techniques, but um, a girl who I have become very close with over Instagram and friendship in the cannabis community uh, recently sent me a crystal 
Um, and so I put that in my soil and I started growing with crystals to see uh, how that could affect. And honestly, we put it in the little runt of the two that we have that are the same. Um, and she's doing quite well and bounced back. So I'm excited to see the rest of the run, run with it. If it makes a difference or not, um, I'm going to put a little faith in it. Was that Jasmine Rifa? Mama it was, yes. I love her. I love her. So I wish Shout out to Rifa Mamacita on Instagram. She's awesome. I, love I feel like a lot of the process of growing is, is it's a lot of repeating the same tasks over and over again. So I feel like eventually you got to put yourself into the rabbit hole and start figuring out what else is out there. So it's always interesting to hear from other people what they're getting into. Yeah, absolutely. Can't just stop learning. I don't think any, I don't think in this part, like in this industry or anything that has to do with cannabis itself, anybody ever stops learning. I think there's always something new to learn every day, no matter how long you've been in the industry, how long you've known the plant. And I love people who have that same mindset. So I think Mm -hmm. all are like that. For the first time in my whole cannabis industry career, I'm actually getting mentorship from someone who actually understands the science behind why you train a plant certain ways at certain times. And it's been so fascinating to just see the plants explode. Like you can literally see the difference in a matter of days. It's insane to me. I love watching that. Fun part. It's always great to know like the why behind it, not just like you do it this way. This is just, you do it. It's good. It's yeah. good to know why it happens that way. The science. Yeah. That's so important. It's just a bottomless pit. You could spend forever learning about that. It's like a whole lifetime. Mm-hmm. Plus it makes you understand it better. You know why you it. Well, and then you can try different techniques. If you know what the plant needs on the inside, like what's going on on the inside, then you can try different things. To, you know what I mean? To get to that end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are so cool. It's been so great getting to talk to all of you. And I hope we stay in touch after this, but I actually have to go. So I'm very sorry to be the first one to bow out. But um, it's been so lovely meeting all of you. And it's really an honor to be here. Yeah, yeah ladies. I want to follow you right now. Okay. Thank you, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Do you guys have like a favorite thing to do while you're growing? Like favorite part of the process? I think cloning's pretty fun. That's probably my favorite. I mean, it's kind of tedious, but if you do it right, you get I'm it done. I'm going to get with you because I've actually not done that aspect of it yet. I have not cloned. That's definitely my favorite part too. Gonna have Hi. to get you too. I don't know where you are on where I am on your screens so <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I really enjoyed learning. Um, So like I said, this is my first year really being like hands-on with plants. And I feel like a sponge right now. So I'm like really starting to understand how uh, malleable uh, cannabis is and how resilient it is. Mm -hmm. So, and where we're, where I'm working now with Brandon, we do a lot of really intense pruning 
and I feel like a sculptor all the time. So that's also a really like, you know, it's almost like playing God whenever you're shaping the plant and preparing it for its ultimate production. So I love that. My, my favorite part. Reminds me of like those head trimmers that make like um, animals and stuff. I'm always like, I want to do that whenever I'm <laughs> Rain, what is your Instagram? Rain? Um, divine underscore independence. I, my favorite right now, because it always changes, you know, it's evolving, but right now um, I'm really getting into training. So I'm working on low stress and high stress training and not snapping my plants. No, oh no. It'll start to feel when you are just at that like sweet spot with the training. It's really cool. Yes. And I'm, 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 lear- I'm feel like I'm getting there. I just need a little bit more practice, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Cause the first time was a horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> we lost an arm maybe. Maybe she bounced back. She bounced back. She- I was going to say they usually do. I know Jack's Jack and I have done that as well. And we just some um, like grafter, like painter's tape, I guess, like the blue tape. Um, you can kind of fix her up yes yes give her a little crutch like a yes yeah. yes <laughs> it's always the thing and that's yeah. even cool when they you know grow back and they you know take that and it's that's really awesome to see right coming in every day like you're so strong i'm so proud of you <laughs> oh i don't well i mean because i have um since i have a partner like in oklahoma you can have 12 plants so or well six plants and six seedlings right yeah right and then so like there's 12 in ours because there's two of us and so I just like go in and I talk to them while I'm watering them and we hang out I'm sure you how guys big is your grow show. area um eight by tw- I have two eight by 20 rooms I just built this like lucky girl it's a it's the garage I we did a rebuild in the garage so we're hanging the panda I'm film in the next so jealous <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream we started in a closet in an apartment two years ago so I'm it's, every day I'm kind of in awe that this is in my garage we're waiting for an outdoor grow space um right now me and Jack so um we'll be I think I don't know it's like a 10 by 10 outdoor grow um like greenhouse so we're excited for that um because we're just in a itty bitty little closet because our whole total square footage is 400 for our whole living space so we have a little tiny closet grow yeah wow but yeah that's exciting hopefully that goes through for you soon yes it is in the process it's being built currently he's going to go check it out on sunday actually so have an update next week nice yay So the cheap home grow is it? So have you have you girls familiar with this the show? I mean, how, how do we listen? So I think you can. I mean, I can. Uh, maybe Brandon can chime in. I'm not really sure how they listen to like past, but every Sunday um, there's a panel of guys, and there are some girls actually um, on that panel as well. Um, different kinds of people from like at home growers to like Brandon sits on the panel. Um, 
there's a bug guy matt who's super interesting to talk to um shane is on there as well um with the cheap home grow and they just talk about different topics um there's usually a different host every week and they kind of touch on different things from cultivation to clones like just a different topic that they talk about for a few hours every sunday night yeah so our panel our panels um like a mixed panel different skill sets different uh growth styles so there's a wide range of diversity for the listeners to kind of chime in on different experiences with the plant uh shane also releases podcast episodes with different people um he's had uh, i think he did did a couple of uh episodes with jeff lowenfels who we were speaking about earlier um he's done you know uh, episodes on lighting i've done a couple episodes uh, so he does a lot of production and he gets a lot of uh a lot of people that uh tune in so it's a really good platform and i just thought you know being able to put together uh, women in cannabis would be good to you know have a podcast uh maybe weekly or bi-weekly how you know similar to what we do on sundays Oh, lucky. <laughs> so I'm going to sit downstairs. Because I'm on here. <laughs> um, can I ask you all what some of your biggest challenges uh, getting into the uh, industry was? I guess when I first started, it was my state. So I am originally from Arizona. Um, which not until as of recently, it has been like more talked about. So it was just really hard to, um, find someone who would be willing to talk to you about it. Um, and then also just the fact that my gender, um, getting into it at a younger age, people want to take advantage of you in a male dominated world. Um, and I've been very fortunate not to have anything, um, awful happen but you hear the stories and I've had friends who have had unfortunate things happen so um, gender is definitely a big part of getting involved and that goes in line with mine like it was getting over the fear like to get involved was getting over the fear of a male-dominated industry especially even just as new as it is here in Oklahoma with growers coming in from other states or just growers that are here or just people that they just, the way I'd seen them talking down to women or talking down to other growers or people starting out in general, not even just women and men and too, like that were starting, it was getting over the fear of starting and not knowing and not caring if, you know, negative thing, negative comments were made or, you know what I mean? Like just kind of blocking that out and actually learning. It was getting over that initial fear. I think I agree. It's pretty much the same being taken serious. Yeah. For me, it's been the volatility, you know, just, um, you know, it's like, you know, you could, you could know somebody that's doing so well. And then next thing you know, they sold or they lost their contract with somebody. Um, you know, it's like, you know, at first I thought that I could peg like, you know, okay, you know, maybe the, the small guys, um, you know, struggle more, but I've realized as a, as a whole, there's just so much volatility and I've had to learn to like um, not take it personally because it has nothing to do with me. It's always has something to do with 
some contract that went wrong or some, you know, somebody, you know, is pulling out of the state of California. And so I've, I've, I've had to come to the realization that that is the norm, you know, that you're going to change jobs, you know, throughout your career. And it has nothing to do with your ability. It's just part of the gig. The gig changes. And so that I would say is, has been the biggest challenge, just, you know, understanding that. Yeah, you have to be a really flexible individual to kind of, you know, especially if you're trying to raise a family or anything. And on top of it all, the unknowing of the day by day and the laws changing and everything is stressful. It's super stressful. And being sort of that flexible all the time is definitely super difficult. I can definitely agree. And just not knowing when are you ready because it's a lot. You have to definitely take on a lot. Right. And I would say too that I think we take a I think we take a lot and I I mean I'll definitely speak for myself, but you know, financially it's you know, whoever thinks that they're gonna get in this industry to make money, you know, we all know the reality. The reality is is that you have to you spend know, a lot of money before you're gonna see any of that money. Right, right. And you're not you know, maybe not make as much money as you would if you were doing something else, right? I mean, I think that that's what if you don't have passion um, for the industry, then you're just, it's not going to be fun and you're going to go, you know, upstream. It'll burn you out quickly. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. I'm currently still a server at a restaurant as well. So that's a, that's a, a thing. That's a challenge. <laughs> Whatever I want to give all of my love and energy, um, you know, it's just as of right now, it's not completely possible. No, but yeah. That's just the first phase, you know. I'm just in the first phase. All right, just in there. Don't give up. <laughs> it's all that you started for sure. It sure is. Yeah. That being said, uh, I wanted to thank all you ladies for uh, doing this show. Uh, it definitely, I definitely enjoyed listening to you guys. Um, and I'm sure that all the listeners um, are going to enjoy it too. Um, it's coming up on an hour. I was thinking if you guys wanted to maybe say some final words and then give any shout outs to any other people that you want to give some love and respect to or just you know say what's up uh, and then you guys can shout out your own social media accounts where you guys can be found at so that way the listeners can find you and bombard your dms with grow cut questions awesome well i know i had a great time with all you ladies and finding out more about you um I can't wait to do this hopefully again next week um, where we, you know, can talk and delve into more topics, if you will. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful moms tomorrow. Uh, number one, my mom. <laughs> uh, and you can find me um, on Instagram with the at Lady Green Stock and my awesome husband will be on the Cheap Home Grow podcast tomorrow and he is at Jack Green Stock. Oh, I just wanted to say goodbye to everybody also. I, I'm so I think I'm following all of you ladies and 
like summer, I also have another, you know, job. So I, I actually have a podcast. My husband and I have a podcast called Tales from Baja, T-A-L-E-S. And it's a podcast about the people and the places of Mexico. Since we live in San Diego, we cross the border. And um, so if anybody, um, you know, wants to listen, you can uh, follow us on our Instagram. It's at Tales from Baja. And then I am Adriana, Adriana Gia underscore SE. And you can listen to our podcast on our website or on Google Play or iHeartRadio. Yeah. It was nice meeting you guys. And just want to say happy Mother's Day to anybody. You can find me at the Dank Dahlia on Instagram. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, And I really hope to continue to talk to you ladies and maybe be on another time. And you can find me on Instagram at divine underscore independence. And you can find my writing at herbagemag.com. Thank you so much for having me on here. Um, you can find me at Ray of Smoke on Instagram. Awesome. Uh, this was a great show. Um, I appreciate all you guys. Uh, thanks for letting me host. Uh, hopefully you guys will be able to maybe do this uh, continuously. Um, my, I'm Brandon Rust. For any of the listeners that don't know who I am, you can find my account at rust.brandon. With, uh, there's links to, in my bio on that account to my company, Bokashi Earthworks, and for Majestic Craft Cannabis, which is the facility that both myself and Ray of Smoke work at. Um, so... Uh, I appreciate you all for coming and I'm going to sign off. So I uh, have thanks uh, for listening, tuning in and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.